Shalom, and welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. The title of this message is The Light of the World. In John 8, 12, our Savior and King Yeshua said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. He will have the light of life. Now in John 1, uh, in the same context of Yeshua being called the Word of God, by whom all things were created, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And then in John 3, it says that the light came into the world, but people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. But those who come into the light love the light, and they come into the light that their deeds may be clearly seen, that they be done of God. So there's light and there's darkness. There's light and darkness in the natural, and there's light and darkness in the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, Yeshua is the king of light and everything done in light. And the devil, Satan, is the, the lord of darkness and lord of that world. It's interesting that uh, when Yeshua called Saul of Tarsus to be the apostle Paul, um, he said that Paul would turn people from darkness to light. This is found in Acts 26, verse 18. And this was on the road to Damascus, and where Yeshua said to Saul at the time, who became the Apostle Paul, I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. So two things here. Uh, Paul would be an apostle, uh, to turn to open people's eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. So there's a darkness and there's a power of darkness, and there's a light and there's a power of light. So then we also understand that there's a spirit. Uh, it says in Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not in eating and in drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And in Luke eleven thirteen, 13, uh, Yeshua was talking about the kingdom, and he said, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So there's a light, there's a power of light, and there's a spirit of light, and there's a darkness. There's a power of darkness, and there's a spirit of darkness. And we get, we, when we're born again, we come out of that darkness into the light. And, very clearly from John 3, we can choose. We can choose to live in darkness, if that's where we would rather be. Now, in Matthew 5.14, so we have Yeshua is the light of the world, sent to turn open people's eyes and turn them to dark from darkness to light. We have his apostle Paul, who's the light of the world, to sent to do that. And then in Matthew 5.14, Yeshua says, You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So by the way you live your life, what you believe, what you say, what you do, it's light. And people see it. People see that there's something different about you and the things that you do and that your attitudes and the things that you say. And then they have new choices when they encounter you and in your life, they have new choices. They can see your good works and glorify God who is in heaven, or they can reject it and uh, reject you. Um, 
We're not responsible for the rejection. We're responsible for being the light. And so then in Ephesians 1.17, Paul prays this for the Ephesians. He prays this for us. And he says, I pray that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know the hope of your calling and the things which belong to you through the life, death, and resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah. Ephesians 1.17, here we have a spirit, we have eyes being opened, and we have a knowledge of the hope of our calling. And that spirit comes from God. Again, Luke 11.13, if we ask the Father, he'll give us the spirit. And Paul's praying here that God would give the spirit uh, to those that he is mentoring and those that he is being a light to. So this is, a, this is a concept that I think is easy to understand. There's a light and the spirit of light, and if you don't have it, then you can't see into that other realm. You can't hear from that other realm. But if you do have it, you can, and you can be a light in the world. Now let me share you a pro- with you a prophecy that I received from Father on November 19th of this year. Uh, I was with four other people. There were five of us. We did an eight-day prayer tour of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. And uh, during that time, Father gave me this message for the state of Michigan, this message for the people of Michigan. So if, if you live in Michigan, this word is for you. Jehovah says, I am the immutable one. I've taken my saints to the anvil. I am forging them. I am forming and shaping them upon the anvil of my holiness. For it is written, Be holy, as I, Jehovah, your God, am holy. Jehovah says, I am always working for your good. I am always working to bring you closer to me. If you remain in your pride, I will oppose you. If you humble yourself, I will draw near and enlighten you. I am giving my saints the eyes of Caleb and Joshua to see the victory in the face of giants and walled cities. I am giving my saints the eyes of Daniel to see the visions of things to come. I am giving my saints the eyes of Mary who sat at Messiah's feet to see the more excellent way. I am giving my saints the eyes of the eagle to see my majesty and my glory, for it is all around you. And in a minute, I want to go through those four eyes statement, the eyes of Caleb and Joshua, the eyes of Daniel, the eyes of Mary, and the eyes of the eagle. But before I do that, the first part of this, Father says that he has his saints on the anvil of his holiness. And the Bible says in Leviticus, Be holy as I, Jehovah, your God, am holy. And Yeshua reiterated that in his statement. He says, be perfect as Jehovah your God is perfect. We are declared holy through faith in Yeshua Messiah. It's an imparted holiness. And then we are sanctified. We are continually being made holy. So what Father says, when I have you on the anvil of my holiness, there might be pain in your life right now. There might be uh, hurt or uh, opposition or different things that you would see as negatives or bad. And it's the anvil of his holiness. He puts us on an anvil and he hits us because he's trying to make us like him. This is the goal of the Holy Spirit in us to make us less like the devil, less like darkness, and more like Yeshua, more like the light, so that we can be an effective light in the world. And then Jehovah says, I'm always working for your good. 
If you humble yourself, I will draw near and enlighten you. There's that enlightenment and that light. Even painful times, even, uh, even stressful circumstances, even when God's shaking us, it's for our good. It's working to bring us closer to him. And if we will draw near to him, if we'll humble ourselves in those circumstances and look to him, he will enlighten us. So let me look at these four statements of he promises here. If we'll humble ourselves and turn to him, he would give us the eyes of these people. And as I go through these, well, three are people and one is the eagle. As I go through these, think about this. These people, they see into the spiritual realm. That's why Father wants to give us eyes like them. They are different from the rest of the world because they can see the unseen and hear the unheard, and their hearts understand words from Jehovah. The first is Joshua and Caleb. And this is in Numbers 14, verse 6. Uh, so when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they came up to the promised land, and Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land, one spy from each of the 12 tribes. And when they spied out the land, it was a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, the produce was uh, massive and abundant, and everywhere they went, they saw a good land. And the other thing they saw, they saw giants and walled cities. So when the 12 spies came back, 10 of the spies gave an evil report to the congregation of Israel. They said, there's giants in the land. There are walled cities. We can't possibly uh, go in there. We'll certainly be destroyed. We should go back to Egypt. But two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, saw something different. They saw beyond the giants and the walled cities. They remembered what Father had told them, that he would take them in. It was the reason he brought them out of Egypt. So here's what it says. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel. If Jehovah delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against Jehovah, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and Jehovah is with us. Do not fear them. So they did not mention giants. They mentioned the people of the land. They didn't mention their size because they weren't looking at their size. And they did not mention walled cities. They mentioned the fact that we can certainly take this because Jehovah has given it to us. But just this last statement, Jehovah is with us. The 10 spies had lost sight of the fact of Jehovah, that Jehovah was with them. They lost sight of the fact of all the miracles he had done to bring them out of Egypt. And that's what Joshua and Caleb were seeing and remembering and looking to. So they saw Jehovah. They saw their future. They saw the good land. And they saw the people as their bread. They didn't see them as giants. They saw them as their bread, their provision. It's a totally different way of seeing. And Father wants to give you those type of eyes. Now the second one is Daniel. And this is from Daniel chapter 10, uh, beginning with verse 4. It's a, Jehovah says he's giving us the eyes of Daniel to see things, to see visions of things to come. Daniel 10, 4. Now on the 24th day of the first month, 
as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze, and the sound of his words were like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. So here's an angel comes to planet earth. Uh, Daniel's been fasting and praying. And because of his prayers, this angel has broken through the opposition and he comes and he stands right here in the midst of these men. But only one man saw the vision. The rest could not see it. And that's what Father is drawing us to. He wants us to be different, even from other believers, even from other Christians. He wants us to grow in our faith, to humble ourselves through prayer and fasting, and to be so uh, so much pursuing him and these dreams and visions that we will see what others cannot see. Now it says in Acts 2 that in the last days God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. There would be dreams, visions, and prophecies. So it's not just for the Old Testament prophets to see visions. It's for us today to see these visions. So I would exhort you to pursue Jehovah and agree with this word and say, yes, give me the eyes of Daniel so I can see visions of things to come as he saw and you know the vision continued I'm not going to read it from there um, but the vision continued in Daniel and he saw uh, he was told things to come in the future and those things have come to pass now the third one in the prophecy that father gave me was I'm giving you the eyes of Mary who sat at Yeshua's feet to see the more excellent way and this is in Luke chapter 10 verse 38 now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Yeshua's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Yeshua answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. And then in John uh, chapter 12, we see Mary again at the feet of Yeshua, anointing him. Uh, John 12, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Yeshua came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Yeshua, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Yeshua said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. We have two incidents here with Mary of Bethany at the feet of Yeshua, uh, doing something out of the ordinary uh, because 
she saw uh, into the spirit realm. She saw who Yeshua really was. So in this culture, uh, it was normally men who were disciples and who would sit at someone's feet, and the women were the ones who served. And Mary chose not to do that. And Martha got upset about that, and Yeshua defended her. Uh, in a culture like this, uh, for a woman to be a disciple was, was not heard of. But Yeshua, by defending Mary, says, women can be my disciples too. Uh, women can hear my word and learn from me and do what I say and follow me. And so Mary saw this. Mary saw that he was the Messiah, that he had come to usher in a new era, and that the covenant was being opened uh, to not only men but to women. And uh, she was entering into that. She was entering into this spiritual kingdom because she could see it. And then in the next episode, she she saw him as the Messiah, and she knew he was going to die. Even when his other 12 apostles, that they, they wouldn't accept the fact that he was about to be crucified. She knew that, so she broke this jar. She anointed him for his burial. And here's something else out of the ordinary. Uh, Judas says, you know, this could have been sold and given to the poor. And Yeshua defends her against it, says, leave her alone. Uh, so she is doing something because she sees into the spiritual realm who Yeshua really is. And she, I mean, this is a year's wages, and she's devoting it to him. This is an act of worship. Uh, this is an act of adoration. It's an act of obedience because I think the Father told her to anoint him for his burial before he was crucified. <clears throat> so let's ask Father to give us the eyes of Mary so that we see Yeshua for who he really is. And we can be confident as we act in a way that is not normal. And then the last part of the prophecy was, Jehovah says, I'm giving you the eyes of the eagle to see my majesty and to see my glory, for it is everywhere. Let me just share a testimony as an example of uh, seeing into the spiritual realm and acting upon what we see. Um, a number of years ago now, um, I was in prayer and Father gave me a name of a young woman. Her name is Becky. And I happen to know her and her husband, Aaron. But at that time, as I was praying, God just says, Becky. And then he started giving me a word for her. And I, I wrote it all down. It, it actually became, I think, two or three pages. It was like a letter. So I wrote it down and I prayed over it for a few days and I looked it over and made sure it, it lined up with scripture and the character of God. I sent it off to, to Aaron and Becky. And a few days later, I think, I think I got, no, maybe she called me or either she called me or I got an email. Uh, but anyway, um, Becky was in, at the time involved in a home Bible study and prayer group, and they had been studying the letters of the Apostle Paul, um, like to Timothy and Titus and Philemon and Thessalonians, the different letters of Paul. And during one of these home meetings, Becky had actually made the statement, you know, Paul wrote all these letters. Why doesn't anyone ever send us a letter? And Within a, within a week's time, after, it was after she made that statement, but within a week, my letter uh, arrived at their home, and God 
uh, sent a letter through me to them. And I, I tell this just to, I mean, it, it's, it was an awesome miracle, and it, it really spoke to Becky and Aaron. It spoke to me too. And it may, be, it may seem simple to you, uh, but it's profound. I was seeking Jehovah, and he could say a name to me, and then he could give me a message for that person. This is what, it, what it's like to be walking in the light. This is what it's like to be led by the Spirit. This is what it's like to have the power of light in our lives. And at the same time, uh, Father was working in Becky's life. She's seeking him in this Bible study, and she's got a desire. She's got a desire to get a personal message from God, and Father fulfilled that desire. So she's one that's pursuing the light. She's pursuing seeing into this spiritual realm. And a prophetic word comes for her from this uh, spiritual realm. And um, there, I have many other testimonies like that, and I don't have time to share them with you right now. Uh, but just think about this and pray about this. And, and I'm, I'm sharing, since I received this prophetic word, I'll share with you what I've been praying and as I humble myself. Because the, the prophecy said, as you humble yourself, I will enlighten you. And in Psalm 34, David said, I humbled myself by fasting. And Yeshua, uh, in the book of Luke, told the disciples that certain things like unbelief only come out by prayer and fasting. Uh, so humble yourself and draw near to God. And he wants to enlighten you. So this is my prayer for you and for me. And I'm asking you to make this, I'm encouraging you to make this your prayer. Father, give me the eyes of Joshua and Caleb to see the victory in the face of giants and walled cities. Father, give me the eyes of Daniel to see visions of things to come. Father, give me the eyes of Mary who sat at Messiah's feet that I might see the more excellent way. Father, give me the eyes of the eagle to see your majesty and your glory for it is everywhere. Uh, bless you and shalom.